Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Oh, man, we are back tonight, and I cannot be more excited to celebrate <laughs> Mr. Okada's birthday, the 30th, the big 30, dude, 3-0. You are old as dirt, 30 ah. years young. It is also St. Patrick's Day. It is also free agency, so we were like, we got to do a live show. Oh, and oh, by the way, this is episode 200 of the hey! Red Shirt Dynasty <laughs> podcast, so hats off to us. Uh, cheers to Okada. Cheers to all of you watching, and if you don't mind just hitting the like button on YouTube, we would love you forever. Cheers, boys. Happy St. Patty's Day. Okada, how you doing, man? Mm. I am doing solid. Um, I'm running like on... Remiss when you drink your whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running on three straight uh, days of four hours of sleep, waking up at 4.30 to go into the studios in Culver City for free agency frenzy, which has been Ooh. just glorious actually to be perfectly honest free agency itself has not been that glorious but doing the show has been fun so i feel like i like i looked at myself in the mirror this morning just checking my eyeballs out how my crow's feet doing things like that and it was looking real bad but i think it's because of the lack of sleep and not because i'm 30 although i can't prove that which is hilarious because he's the youngest of the three of us he's the last one no to turn 30. no no, no. The youngest. oh Bez is youngest Yes. I turned 30 in September, so my day is oh, coming. Oh, I thought but... you turned 30 last September. No, no, oh, no. That's why you're making fun of him for being old. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Confirmed. Um, well, Okada, before we dive in on everything, since it's your birthday and free agency and our 200th episode, I decided to get you 200 tight ends for your <laughs> yes! birthday. So Let's happy go! birthday to you on every tight end that has ever played in the NFL. They're all on your team now. I love Yeah, it. no, we're going to talk all about that. Tonight, before we get to that, guys, I just want to take a quick second and let everyone know that Kate and Michelle are joining us on the show. There was a little bit of a scheduling issue. They're actually recording their podcast right now. So check out the Ball Blast football podcast and get that wherever you get your podcast, obviously. Um, and you can find their show. Occasionally, they'll post some clips on the YouTube page as well. So check that out there. They'll be joining us here in a bit to talk free agency. But again, it is episode 200, boys. And I just want to say, holy crap, like this mm. has been a ride. Okada and I started this thing with Kent Wyrock, best friend of the show. Uh, what three years ago, Okada? Yeah, when we almost were part of the... To the almost probably exactly because I think we started it somewhere in the middle of the off season. Yeah, three seasons ago. Yep, and that was um, interesting because we were sort of like branching off from the Fantasy Authority, which are always going to be our good friends. Mm -hmm. Okada, myself, and Kent were like, "Let's do this. Let's do our own thing." Literally, like, no idea what we were doing. No idea how to put on a podcast. And we were just like, oh, maybe some people will listen to us. All of a sudden, we picked up a little traction along the way. Kent started having um, other things happening. Became a dad, which was huge. Small, small we children. Like, then it was me and Okada holding down the fort. And we're like, dude, we need someone else. We need a bigger voice in this industry. Preferably with us. a beard. With a beard, yes. Kent had And one. our boy John joined the show uh, about a year and a half ago. And it's just been wheels up ever yeah, since. Man. So wanted to give a shout out to you boys tons of work behind the scenes and give a shout out to all the listeners like seriously thank you thank you thank you uh for listening and checking us out and obviously consuming our content so y'all the best we love you but let's talk football tonight mm. boys free agency has been meh, not, not as good as i thought it'd be here so far let's start with the, the signings that happened earlier in the week we'll talk tight ends we'll talk 
the Patriots situation here with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, man, I, I was shocked that Hunter Henry ended up going there after Jonu Smith signed. Your thoughts on the situation there for both these guys in terms of how it's going to play out with, oh, by the way, Nelson Aguilar across from, from those two uh, and as well Kendrick Bourne now rounding out the pass catching core. I just wondered why it's so weird because you're normally in the top left, not the top right. Oh, yeah. That's what's <laughs> tripping me up right now. YouTube. I was like, what is going on? We're going the wrong direction. We're going yeah. counterclockwise. How do you make um, sure you're here, l- Listen, guys. All right. I'll take this one first because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm the Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype when they signed Johnny Smith because of the opportunity he would have. A lot of, ooh, top six dynasty tight end. Oh, my. I was maybe a little concerned because of the QB situation, but was nice. It was nice. He wasn't getting targets where he was at. At least not enough. Although he was scoring touchdowns. Then they signed Hunter Henry. Amusingly, everybody else was like, holy crap, this is so stupid. I hate it. I loved it. I think this is a great move. Now, for fantasy, it's a little bit interesting. However, I will say this. I think that the the initial gut instinct is to say, oh my gosh, they signed two good tight ends. Now both tight ends are screwed. But I would advise to think of them as pass catching options on a team and not tight ends. And consider the fact that Julian Edelman is in his last year coming off of injury and 3,900 years old. Yes. Older than you. Yes, older than me, which is starting to be a big deal in the NFL. Um, And outside that, they've got a couple wide receiver threes that they've signed to tiny deals. Actually, they paid them a decent amount of money, but they're not signing these guys to be wide receiver ones. What what do we want in our tight ends in fantasy? We want guys who are the top pass-catching options on their team. There's a decent chance that these guys are number one and number two. And even if one of them gets bumped down to number three, that's where a tight end typically is. And that's where both of them would have been on their respective teams. So I don't think it's that detrimental to either one that both of them got signed. Now, for the Patriots, I think it's a great move. I I tried to defend this in our Twitter uh, writers chat for Ball Blast because the way to win if you don't have a star quarterback is to have a good run game and have a good defense. And a great way to have a good run game is to have two tight ends you can play on the field all the time because they also are contributing the passing game, so it doesn't mean you're dedicated to the run, but they can block as well. It makes sense to me. It's uh, The Rams and the 49ers, they got to Super Bowls playing this kind of game. The Patriots, until they get a quarterback, are going to have to play this kind of game. So from an NFL standpoint, I like it. From a fantasy standpoint, I like it more than people, I think, generally do. That's my take. I think that's probably the per- first positive take I've heard on the situation in the industry, honestly. What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, I actually don't hate it as much as I originally reacted to it because that was my immediate reaction was, what in the hell are they doing bringing in both of these guys? But I really like what Okada was just saying about you look at the pass-catching options on a team. And... These are two tight ends that can both win downfield, that are both good after the catch, but who can also be used slightly differently because Janu is more of a uh, a fast athletic tight end. Hunter Henry is more of kind of your, I guess, traditional tight end build that I think he's going to be the one that ends up playing more in line 
in sets where Janu might get moved around the formation a little bit more. I still like Janu more than Hunter Henry for fantasy purposes in this offense. But I think that there is a pretty good possibility, like Okada was saying, that this offense is going to run from the inside out on on this the way that they're drawing up their play designs, the way that they're moving it. They're going to have a lot of play action, a lot of like heavy formations that look like it's a run, but then they kick one or both of the tight ends out or put one in motion to the other side and little misdirection. So I actually think that it is fairly intriguing Listen, they're not prime Gronk and pre-murder Aaron Hernandez, but they are two very good tight ends. And I do think that in a system, I think that Bill Belichick was very adamant in saying, okay, we're going to go back to a system that I think can work with the personnel that I want, and we're going to go get those people. And they did. And they spent a lot of money to bring both those guys in. So I think they're committed to both of them being heavily involved in this offense for fantasy purposes, I think that Johnny Smith is still going to be fine. I think that Hunter Henry might be a little bit more of a fringe guy, but I think that the system could work fairly well where, you know, the ceiling for both is capped, but both could be potentially viable. I think that's the issue, right? Is like the, the disappointment comes from the fact that for about 21 hours, Johnny Smith yeah. season was like top six and everyone was hyped out of their mind. Well, yeah, and I was, was thinking like, the upside was hmm. massive for him. Yeah, both these guys can be back in tight end ones. Who cares? Um, it, that's kind of how I feel. Anyone thinking this is Gronk and Aaron Hernandez 2.0 is going to be sorely disappointed when you think about the fact that a Probably. those guys, I think, just pass catching skills in general and athleticism after the catch. I mean, John is a monster, don't get me wrong, but Hunter Henry is not going to blow you away and catch 50 yards and just score on a touchdown. He's just not, unless Okada projects him for his 3,020 yards or 20 <laughs> yes, touchdowns as he does go. every offseason. But Cam Newton is not 2011-2012 Tom Brady when he was in his freaking prime. So anyone thinking that is going to be very, very disappointed. There are going to be weeks where Johnny was a great game. There are going to be weeks where Hunter Henry is a great game. There are going to be weeks when both these guys have a great game. Predicting it is not something I'm going to be want, wanting to do. So I feel like I don't know. I can't see myself investing in redrafting these guys. Dynasty, that said, I think there's a stink around these guys, and I'm still interested in buying these guys based off the commitment from a financial standpoint, as well as trusting the co the coaching staff there just to put these guys in a position to succeed. Quickly, to your mention of Cam Newton, because it is free agency related. Obviously, he got re-signed for a year, but everybody listening to this podcast needs to be aware of the fact that the contract he signed is a backup contract. Okay? It is $3 million and then a bunch of incentives if he gets the job and wins a bunch of things that he's not going to win. Yep. So, in by all intents and purposes, they are not committed to Cam Newton. They're drafting I a quarterback. guarantee you, yes, they are going 100%. to bring someone in. Whether it's they, they go out and get Marcus Mariota, which is something I'm pref, uh, partial to, or they get Mac Jones if he slips or try to trade up to get a quarterback in the top 10 maybe. Although they might have to get even higher than if they want one that they really want. Whatever, whatever they go with, they're bringing someone else in here. And honestly, almost no matter who it is, I would probably prefer them over Cam for these tight ends. So I wouldn't freak out too much about the fact that his passing ability is going to hamper them, which it will if he ends up being the guy because I think he's washed. But I'm hoping he's not going to be the guy. We'll see. Let's talk more quarterbacks. How about the Saints? 
We have Ooh. Taysom Hill on the fakest four-year, $140 million <laughs> deal I have ever seen and uh, we have probably ever seen. And four for years, listeners, reviewers, <laughs> I don't really understand why I'm saying that. On the surface, if you just look at the money in the years, you're like, wow, Taysom Hill must be the next Hall of Fame quarterback. Franchise QB contract. But there are several outs in this contract, and literally every single year he is able, or the Saints, I should say, are able to get out from under the contract without really any ramifications. So it's essentially a one-year deal for Taysom Hill. And then you have Jameis Winston also signing a one-year deal. Um, I think it was around $10 million with some incentives up to about 12 12 and a half, something like that off the top of my head. So both very friendly for a Saints team that um, you know can easily stand under the cap with these two quarterbacks. I'll just kick it to you guys because my take in general with this is in Dynasty, if there's a selling opportunity for either of these two guys, I'm doing it with the uncertainty of knowing how the situation is going to play out in March. Now, that being said, listeners, viewers, find someone who loves you the way Sean Payton loves mm. Taysom Hill. So anyone thinking Jameis Winston isn't going to get vultured at the goal line, isn't going to have all of a sudden this fluky trick play where it's a double lateral and then Taysom Hill is chucking it, you know, 60 yards on the field to Traquan Smith, that's going to happen. And so if there's anyone in your league that's like, oh man, Jameis is the dude locked in top 12 option, maybe, but maybe not. And I'm willing to cash out, especially in Superflex on these two players. What are your thoughts? I mean, this one's tough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, double, double check the uh, the contract for Jameis. It's five and a half base with up to seven million in oh, I was incentives. So that is, again, somewhat backup-ish. This is what I think, guys. I'm just going to say it. I think Taysom Hill is the camp starter. And Winston has to win the job. I think Winston has to show in camp that he is not going to throw interceptions anymore and is going to bring a better offensive overall uh, weaponry to the Saints than Taysom Hill for him to win the job from Taysom Hill. First of all, we know this is a competition. There's no question about that. So anyone who thinks it's Winston as the starter with Taysom playing the kind of uh, role he did when Drew Brees was around is wrong. It is a 100% of competition. Sean Payton has said so. I think that that competition starts with Taysom Hill as the leader and Winston has to win the job from him. That might be a hot Interesting. take. Interesting. You love yourself. He loves the crap Hill. out of him, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's true. He does. I'm never going to forget the fact that Alvin Kamara could have set the record for the most rushing touchdowns in a single game ever. And instead, Taysom Hill poached one. <clears throat> I'm never, I'm never going to forget that. Um, here's the thing. I wholeheartedly disagree with Okada. Ooh. I think that this is Jameis Winston's job. I Without think competition? He, no, it's, st it's still... There, there's still going to be the guise of competition. It, it's going to be wow. like... It, in my opinion, this is... They don't want to hand it to Jameis without him having to quote-unquote work for it because they want him hungry and coming in and active and trying to prove it and, and establish himself as being the quarterback, but he's still the quarterback. And I do think that this is going to be Jameis Winston offense. And I do think it's going to be Taysom Hill in his X role that he was in last year. So I, I, I see it 180 degrees opposite of Okada. And, mm -hmm. and with what Betts was saying that you should be selling, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm buying Jameis. If, oh. if there's an opportunity where someone does think that this is, question marks all over the place and and they don't know if he's going to be the guy and and stuff like that I will easily buy him as you know a quarterback two or three on a super flex roster 
For what? And what would yeah, I that's, give? That's the question. That because I don't. I think most Jameson owners are going to be holding. I think and you have to oh, yeah, give like a yeah. high second to pull them. To pull. Them. I think so. Um, if I'm quarterback needy in a superflex league, I'll give a high second. Oh, well, we got to find out it. if we have any leagues together where I have Jameson. Yeah, yeah. Well, we like this. I think that I would do that. If I'm quarterback needy in a super flex, like I'm looking at, you know, I've only got one viable starter and I'm potentially rebuilding and I've stockpiled a bunch of picks. I might use one of those seconds to go out and get Jameis because I think that he does have the upside of being a top 15 quarterback this next year. And then he earns himself an extension and he's back to being a franchise quarterback. I mean, Hey, you can't ignore the fact that the dude had LASIK. So Let's get rid of those 30 interceptions. But I just think that systemically when he was in Tampa Bay, he was with no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. Like that combined with Jameis Winston is just like oil and match and boof. It was fantasy goodness. It was fantasy goodness. But if you put him in a more conservative system that then tees up the deep shots – instead of it just being basically predicated on taking shots, I think that he can be successful. I don't think that he's ever going to throw that many interceptions again in his career. And I think it's entirely possible that this guy can give you, you know, 28 to 30 touchdowns with like 18 interceptions on a ceiling, like maybe less than that. And it's enough where it's not detrimental and, oh, crap, we got to go look to replace him. Like, I think he could be good enough to get the job done. Briefly, who is better for Michael Thomas and who is better for Kamara? Oh, for Kamara, it's Jameis Winston, 100%. There's no question in my mind that with Kamara in there, or with Jameis Winston in there, it's better for Alvin Kamara because I think that Taysom Hill goes in there and he does he does all the vulturing and the Wildcats yeah. and all that stuff. So I think that there's more opportunity for Kamara, both as a receiver and a rusher, with Jameis Winston in there. In terms of for Michael Thomas, I think it's probably about even. I don't I, I don't see his value fluctuating a whole lot dependent on which one of those guys is the starting quarterback i don't want to hear all the podcast because usually i'm the guy that keeps us on track but real quick with michael thomas and, and this news like people always talk about well breeze is gone and you know michael thomas and this and that like he's overrated he's a slant boy yada yada <laughs> yeah he's annoying on social slant media boy. yeah he complains <laughs> but the dude averaged almost 100 yards per game with Taysom freaking hill at quarterback mm, with right. a high ankle sprain last year are we at the point where Michael Thomas is no longer a top five dynasty wide receiver? I'm not sure. What are you guys' thoughts? Because I've seen like mock drafts I'm in and, and real drafts, honestly, where he's going second round, back of the second, one draft, early third. Granted, it was super flex, but still like just not even 365 days ago, he was the 1.01 dynasty wide receiver. Don't even think twice about it. Click the button. And now everyone's like, I'll take him as a wide receiver too. It's fine. I think the hate's gone too far. To me, this one is the one that, that honestly has more gaps. So it's interesting how much John and I disagree on these quarterbacks. I think if Jameis isn't there, they're going to run this offense close enough to how it was run with Drew Brees. Michael Thomas is going to get the targets to maintain his fantasy value. And he needs those targets because he is a slant boy. Sorry. He, yes. That's what he is. If Taysom <laughs> Hill is the starting quarterback full-time, I don't see Michael Thomas's targets being anywhere near what they were. And if they're 120 or 115, or even 125 instead of 150 plus, that's a big deal for fantasy, and it keep, I think it keeps him out of the top five. Okay, interesting. All right, let's move on. 
Oh man, it's the league is better when Ryan Fitzpatrick is is in the NFL. Are we right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thirty eight years old signs a one year deal. This is what I was thinking when I said ten mil with up to two uh, two extra uh, yes. in incentives. Yep. This is the deal for yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's with the Washington Football Team. And let's just talk about this team together because now we have Curtis Samuel on a three year yeah, deal we do. with this team. So freaking excited for what this offense can be. Oh my God. I, I didn't think Terry McLaurin can move up in my rankings any higher. It has happened. He has moved up. And it's just because I love this guy. Like, there's no real reason. He's only there for one year, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think this offense has sneaky, sneaky, sneaky appeal to be the best offense in the NFC East. People assume it's going to be Dallas. But look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick did for the Dolphins offense last year. Look at what Antonio Gibson did in his rookie season. Terry McLaurin has been quarterback proof. And Fitz has shown that YOLO ability to put the ball up in space. And last year, they, they talked about it. You know, Scott Turner getting Antonio Gibson in the slot and doing all those things. He's the creative kind of Swiss Army knife. Well, they never really did that. But Curtis Samuel actually is that. And so I think this is going to be a really creative offense that I want a lot of exposure to in fantasy. And certainly if you're playing DFS, that type of situation as well. Week to week is going to be a ton of fun. Fellas, your thoughts? Love, love both of these signings. These are so good. This Washington team is turning it around real fast. I mentioned the other day, and maybe in our text tra- chat or a Twitter chat, how the Jaguars could be like real good, real fast. Yeah. The Washington football team could be real good, real fast because they, are. they actually have the defense. Like they, yeah, are I mean, they, real they good won now. the division, <laughs> which is not hard to do, but right. they have the defense. Sad times for Eagles fans. And the thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is this might be the best all-around team he's ever been on. He could win a lot of games with this team. Like he is a he is a good quarterback. No way he's great. No way he's elite. I don't know if he'll ever be a franchise quarterback. Probably not because of his age. I was I, looking at his uh, PFR page, by the way, is one of my favorite things in the entire world. Just it's the amazing. fact that teams turnover is insane. One of the craziest careers you'll ever see. But so I hope he stays here for the rest of his career, honestly. Um, but the one year deal makes that obviously highly questionable. But my, my, I guess what I'm getting at is I think there's a good chance that he has a very good season, that they win this division and they re-sign him to a little bit longer deal. If they win 10 games, if they win the division, do they like what in what circumstance do they not bring him back unless they drafted a rookie really high that they expect to take over? So I love it for Terry. I love it for Curtis Samuel. Uh, I love it for the whole offense. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a QB2 in a super flex league. Uh, like if you're contending and you want to trade, I don't know, what does it take to get Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one year deal? Third. Yeah, I would think a third. I would maybe absolutely trade a third if I'm contending. Uh, I was going to say maybe back backhand second, maybe. high At, third. Yeah, if he's know. a third, Everyone's I'm going and offering. In that's what I'm every saying. Every single league that I'm in. If you're if you if he is on a rebuilding team, that I, they would probably give a third or take a third. Well, dang! I in any case, offers. It's pretty. It's going to be fun. It's good for everyone. Uh, rising waves, boats. What's that? How does that uh, quote go? A rising no tide lifts all boats. Yes, thank you, John. Got you. <laughs> That's what we're seeing here. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a rising tide, as is Curtis Samuel. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I love this offense for fantasy purposes, at least for this year. Um, Curtis Samuel was such a good, good signing. Uh, again, this is a former Carolina guy for 
uh, Ron Rivera for mm, when he mm-hmm. was down there. And Terry and Curtis Samuel both mm. went to Ohio State, both mm. came in in the same recruiting class to True. Ohio State in 2014, I think it was, that they were there as freshmen. But anyways, I, I love this. I still want them to get an X. Like, if they are able to pull off a Kenny Galladay, like, if they are if they are in and they are able to sneak into that race and go get him, mm. oh, my goodness. To have a big body jump ball, deep guy on one side, Terry on the other, and Curtis Samuel working the slot underneath. Dirty. Just dirty. So I want them to pull that off so bad. But anyways, I love this offense. I think it's going to be great for fantasy. Um, I tweeted right after Ryan Fitzpatrick got signed. And I was like, screw it. I'm in. Go get him for fantasy purposes because he's going to continue to sign with teams until his arm falls off and he might still be in the NFL for another like three or four seasons and be potentially a back-end quarterback one or a middle to upper quarterback two, depending on the team that he's on. I don't know what team it's going to be. It might not be Washington next year, but he's going to be somewhere. So if he's only costing a third or a late <laughs> second, like I'll take that shot. Sure. Yeah. Let's go get him. He is the late round quarterback of redraft leagues this year. Guaranteed. Easy. July, Easy. August. He's going to be that ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th round. You get a guy and you're like, yeah, I'm passing on these studs. I'll take Ryan Fitzpatrick to finish as the quarterback 11 and 12. Thank you very much. Um, let's move on to another quarterback who eh, I'm not in love with this signing. Andy Dalton. Hey, oh, the Bears reportedly offered 14 draft picks, seven starters, a bag of cash. And the Seahawks said no. Now, granted, it wasn't that much, but I'm being facetious. They offered a ton to get Russell Wilson. They said no, and they said, you know what? No. Andy Dalton. That's the answer. Mm. Um, now, say what you want about Andy Dalton. I think he is a fine middling starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, for fantasy. Interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he He's shown he can support. AJ Green over the years, obviously. He's shown he can support some ancillary pieces here and there. Years ago. But that's my that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. That was a long time ago, and we haven't really seen that. That being said, I want to give a shout out to our boy Kevin Tompkins, writer uh for Ball Blast, uh great friend of the show. He's crushing. Um, his tweet, he is pointing out the quarterbacks that Alan Robinson has played with over huh. the last 10 years. Are you ready it. for this? At Penn State, Matt McGloin. Christian Hackenberg in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles and Chad Henney in Chicago is Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles, Tyler Bray, and now Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton is the best quarterback he has ever played with. Yeah. Easily. Um, by the way, good good luck <laughs> getting Allen Robinson to sign his franchise deck. Yeah. Oh, that's also a fair gone. point. Not nope. Happen. Ain't happening. He ain't signing. Yeah. He gone. Um, get him somewhere with an actual quarterback. Um. Okay, for the record, Andy Dalton is an actual quarterback. Is he, though? Yes. Yes. Okay, apparently I have to be the one to stand on this ground, so I will. Andy Dalton is a three-time Pro Bowler. In, like, 2011, bro, like 10 years ago. Okay, he hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2016 (laughs) is his last one. He's also been a part of the worst organization in the NFL. Yes. No question. The Browns had been actually the worst in his prime and was good. Yes, but I'm was. saying over the last several years, this team has been absolute doo-doo butter. They have not helped him. They have not supported him. He he looked fine playing for Dallas last year with yeah. good weapons. 
He is by far the best quarterback that the Bears receivers will have played with. If Allen yeah. Robinson signs, which I don't, I agree with you that he will not, he'll get his best quarterback ever easily. If he doesn't, I don't know. Half the teams, maybe 17, 18 teams have a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Do you honestly think that 30 or even 25 teams have a better quarterback starting than Andy Dalton? Because I, I do that, not. I would say that 20 do. I don't think that he's like a worse quarterback in the league, but I think he's around 20. I, I think he's I, better than Jameis Winston until we see something better no. from Jameis Winston. Nope. Nope. Andy Dalton's no. never thrown 30 interceptions. I could tell you that much right now. He also has never thrown for 5,000 yards. That's true. <laughs> John supporting Jameis Winston is the best thing that's happened on this podcast. <laughs> well, um, I will say this as a who would have thought, right? That's, I will say who, this. Who would have thought? Yeah. Alan Robinson is not signing his tag for that reason. I will. I am on the clock in our uh, sleeper rider league. I'm going to draft Anthony Miller. Okay, go for it. Boom! Just did it. Sleeper, big time sleeper. Fourth year chance for a breakout. We're best back, we're back he's on played that, with. We're yeah, back on that. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that again. Give me some Anthony Miller. That again. Well, top twenty wide receiver income. The overall takeaway from this is that Andy Dalton will have subpar weapons. Given Allen Robinson has about a point seven chance of actually signing his tag and playing there. Cole Komet, leading wide receiver. Woo! Let's go. I also have. I don't hate that. Wow, I really invested in Andy Dalton now. I just just realized that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on and talk wide receivers. But we have some friends joining the show. I'll say about 37 minutes late, but Kate and Michelle, hey! to the show. Hey! <laughs> hey! Where the heck were you guys? We were recording our show, but we had a lot of difficulties on our end uh, starting the recording, so that's why we're sitting. Yeah. Gotcha. It went way later. We could not start recording until like 8.30, so it was just your, your microphone is quiet as hell. Oh, is it? Boost oh, that. Cool. Yeah. Boost it. Well, you guys figure um, that out. Well, really first loud. off, welcome to the party. Uh, <laughs> we are tossing... I got a surprise for you. Uh, That's I better. Need to... Ooh. Is there any better? Oh, also, I just saw that Mike offered me a trade for that pick, and I completely missed it. Whoops. You'll love to see it. Sorry, Mike. Uh, let's oh, well, talk Mike. Let's wide receiver signings next. Wait, did you say Corey our Davis. mic's better now? Yes, much. Yes, it is. Corey Davis okay. signs a three-year, $37.5 million deal. With the Jets, okay, kind of buying high, so to speak, off of a breakout year, you'd say for Corey Davis. Um, listen, they're taking Zach Wilson at two in my mind. That's happening. Yeah. So let's talk about the offense in general with Denzel Mims, with um, Curtis Samuel, Okada's boy, Jamison Crowder in the twelfth round of every redraft league. True. What are your guys' thoughts on the offense? I mean, let's let's kick it to our guests who finally showed up. Uh, Kate, and Michelle, what are your thoughts on the Jets this year? Any optimism? Fashionably with signing. Do we have to talk about <laughs> Corey just, Davis just and the for Jets? 30 seconds. <laughs> I don't care at all. Like, the no part of me wants Corey Davis. Obviously, if Deshaun Watson were to get traded there, everything changes. But if the quarterback's going to be Sam Darnold, I don't care about Corey Davis. If the quarterback's going to be Zach Wilson, who is a prospect I like, I still don't care about Corey Davis, at least this year. Uh, so, negative for me. I don't think I care unless I know there's the quarterback situation and it's taken care of. I also don't like the fact that we don't know anything about the run game. Like what do they, who's on, who, the Michael who's P. in Ryan. the back room? The Michael P. Ryan. Let's go. Yeah, right. that's who rough. Are the Jets Sign Smudges me up. Cousin. 
And it's not, not necessarily, I mean, you can string this narrative a million different ways. It, I just think that I want to have some idea that there's going to be some consistency in the way that this offense is going to flow. Now that we have Looney Tunes out of town, maybe that'll happen, but you still might have Sam Darn. I just think there are so many questions surrounding everything about the team, literally. I can't project these guys for the time being. I can't. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair. And the, the issue is that we're talking about a player who thrived on efficiency thanks to a lot of play-action passing with Ryan Tannehill, with A.J. Brown across the field. We have zero clue if Corey Davis can be a one in this league. He tried to be for the first two years. It didn't work. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty right now that if anyone is willing to buy into the narrative that there's more volume for Corey Davis in New York, which there will be, I think I'm out. I think I'm willing to trade away in Dynasty. But do we not think Denzel Mims is the wide receiver one there? Or Jamison Crowder, the actual wide knows? receiver one. <laughs> so yeah, Jamison Crowder. Shout out to Jamison Crowder, who was like the wide receiver three at like the end of October last year in fantasy football. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> who still nobody that. wants anything to do with. Yeah, yeah and just, me and, just me and Okada. Uh, <laughs> also, he's very cuttable. So we still don't yeah. know what's gonna happen there. Ten point three million dollars in cap savings. Cuttable. I thought you said cuttable. I thought you meant like, I did say cuttable. So- no, like cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. Cuddle. Oh, oh, cuddleable. <laughs> we both he is got also that, cuddleable is... because he's a very <laughs> nice wide receiver. I think that's nice. fair. I just think I... like I, I want more information. And maybe if you are a person that buys into the idea that Corey Davis is talented, then this is the really? time you go buy him. There's still I... too yeah. many truthers out there for him that he's are still there? that he's still gonna go higher than he should. So Probably. it's not even gonna be like Oh, I can get him in the last round. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. He was very well loved. Yeah. So I imagine there's still a lot of truthers, and they probably own him in Dynasty. Man, yes. truth. Let's. Hey, Okada. Oh, Lord, man. Okada. Yes. Happy birthday. Kyle Van Noy gets a two year deal with the Patriots. Hey, Bobbity Boopity. Hey. <laughs> I actually really like that. Bobbity Guys, the Patriots <laughs> are going to win the division again. This defense is good. Actually, it just depends on the quarterback, not if it's Cam Newton. Okada, I don't know if you checked out the little write-up that I, the description for this episode, but I said that the Patriots got you two tight ends for your birthday. I know. And the best thing that are... What? (laughs) When we started started the stream, I was like, it's our 200th episode and it's your birthday. So for your birthday, I got you 200 tight ends. You stole my... I set up this stream... No I set up this stream Joke at like seven thirty, sir. No. Is it really your guys' two hundred episode? That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's why yeah. you're celebrating. Good job, guys. It's Congrats. I mean, what a day, right? Two hundred. We got um St. Patrick's Day, Okada's this. birthday, free agency, all five of us on the show together, which hasn't <laughs> happened in like years. So True. good lord. True. It's all happening at once. I I have all the feelings. It's um good. <laughs> let's move on to the next wide receiver signing here. Let's talk about Marv. Marvin Jones, two-year deal, $14.5 million with Jacksonville. We're looking at a team consisting of DJ Chark, Livis Chenault, Keelan Cole, et cetera, et cetera. Presumably, Trevor Lawrence, barring any unforeseen circumstances. James Robinson, and let's just talk about it, too. Carlos Hyde, now in Jacksonville. Los Hyde, El Guapo. Actually, let's start there. Let's start the conversation there. There are takes that are just left and right. Someone's saying, oh my gosh, this is horrible news for James Robinson. And there's another half that's like, dude, it's Carlos Hyde. Like, this is going to be fine. 
I fall on the this is fine category for James Robinson, and I'm actively trying to aggressively buy him. Is in it Dynasty this is Simon. fine, or is it the guy with the fire behind him where he's like, this is fine? No, this is good. This, this is, is very, setup. very good. Carlos Hyde got backup money, and it's the conversation that you have to have. Like, what are you expecting from James Robinson? Is he going to get 90% of the touches this year? No, that's yeah. an outlier season last year. But is he going to get 70? Probably. Sure. And not a lot of starting running backs in the NFL get that. So I'm very much in on buying James Robinson in Dynasty. What are you guys' thoughts on the signing there with Carlos Hyde? Same as they were last year. I don't know if you guys remember, but we had the same conversation when he signed with Seattle. Oh, my goodness. Is he going to steal a bunch of work from Chris Carson? Is this the death of Rashad Penny? Which had already <laughs> happened because Rashad Penny's doo-doo. Sorry. Hey. Penny's dead. And hey, Kate. Um, but Carlos Hyde is now 30. He was 29. And when he did that last year for more money, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up getting 81 carries for 356 yards. So, no, he does not matter at all except to potentially verify the fact that they are sticking with James Robinson. Now, because it's so little as a backup contract, I don't know if that's guaranteed. They could still go try to get somebody else or draft somebody in the third round or something. Who knows? But for now, it's it feels good if you're a James Robinson dynasty manager. Can I jump on that? Yes. So, with James Robinson, I- I've been very hesitant to buy in because you have the whole regime change and and there's an undrafted guy. And and a lot of times when you change coaches and general managers and front offices and all that stuff, they just want their guys. And they're like, this is an undrafted free agent from the last regime. You know, there's, in my opinion, a good possibility that they were going to upgrade that position. But by them signing Carlos Hyde, that tells me that they're probably not going to sign another running back in free agency. And mm. there's really kind of no one left unless they were to go get Chris Carson, which would suck. That one would or Kenyon Drake or Kenyon Drake or maybe Leonard Fournette. But with them already, so there's a few money, guys. What you're a few. Saying. But with them giving Carlos the Jags Hyde, are not going to sign Leonard Fournette. But that's yeah, that's, that's definitely not. <laughs> I was just, no, I wasn't even thinking about him being a Jag previously. I was just going through the list in my head. Of <laughs> but God, I hope they do. Lenny, oh, God, yeah, so Lombardi, Lombardi, Lenny ain't coming back. Um, <laughs> I was just going with the free agent running backs in my head. That's funny. But by them signing Carlos, I don't think that they're giving money to another running back in free agency. That's what I'm saying. So there is still a chance that they could address running back in the, in the draft, but I don't think it's going to be early enough for it to be a major impact guy. And I think that there's a pretty good possibility that they are going to bring someone else in for depth into that backfield in the draft maybe on a day three, like maybe fourth round. If we get through the first three rounds of the NFL draft and they have not taken a running back, then it's like we're throwing a party for James Robinson and the dude's probably going to get a contract extension. But so, you're not going to be able to buy him in any of your leagues at that. Like this is no, you have to do it now. That's what I'm saying. Like you, now. Have, you have to forecast it out now and be like, do I think that they're in? And based on them just bringing in a 30 year old running back as a depth piece, I think that they are. I think that's what it's looking like. And I was hesitant. I wanted to see how free agency would kind of go. I think that we've seen enough now for me to say that I think that James Robinson is a starting running back in 2021. And I think that he proved to be good. And I think that he's going to get 70% of the carries. I think he's a dynasty RB1 right now. I think I got to sneak him in there somewhere around 12. If they are asking for two first, are you doing it? Like to give give him four yes give two first to get him yeah I'm not giving two first to get him no. first and a second 
If I'm in a position to a, win, I probably will. It would have yeah, to be a late first for me. But I don't think people are going to give him up for less than a first and a second, so that's why I'm curious. If I'm in the position to win, it probably is a late first and a second, hopefully. Right. Hopefully if it's like true. 110 and 210, yeah, I'd give yeah. up. Yeah, that's pretty fair. But also, I'm not giving like up Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts for him. Or yeah, well, I give like up Jamar Chase for him. But we know. I would like to state for the record, uh, because Betts put up Kyle Borgognoni's uh, comments about Jamison Crowder being cuddleable. He is a security blanket. <laughs> oh, He's a blanket. look at that! Uh, just saying. Aren't you? Well precious. played, sir. Well played. Um, okay, let's talk about Marvin Jones. Wait, and let's can I do something real quick? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, br- I brought this to celebrate the birthday. Oh! Nice. That. Well, she was going to open it and pop it. But I was, yeah, but I don't know if Are I you can. Not on, the computer. Not on the computer. <laughs> Point it at your face instead. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. Or the people not on YouTube. Kate is struggling <laughs> oh. with the cork right now. Oh, she got oh, it good. successfully. Hey, no that's spray. what she said. That's what she said. That's what he said. That's what he said. It's cute that John thinks we buy expensive enough champagne that is actually gonna like do anything. We buy five dollars champagne. <laughs> hey, it's Corbell. I, I, I think it's like thirteen dollars. I, I know that's Corbell. Um, so freaking. Okada, are you not actually celebrating your thirtieth right now? Is there no alcohol involved? Uh, oh, there is. Good. I have. They've made me get a, a some whiskey, so I have a small glass of whiskey, and then I'm going out to an Irish pub after this. Oh um, yeah, because it's still so early for you it's only yes it is only 648 oh my goodness. drink some irish beer for us and by irish I mean green bring your own food coloring though just in case mm. not everybody has right. it <laughs> will do marvin right, jones <laughs> i wish i was drinking out of a fancier glass so i wasn't on a live stream drinking out of a wow no, you look like a trash Bills fan champagne right out of blue solo cups a I blue solo it. cup you look like the perfect do you guys want to play beer pong yeah, I'm yes. down. I love beer. I actually so, really do. That sounds great same. right now. Whenever we, get, we will, whenever we get to we will have to organize an, an event, a ball blast official event, and just live stream. We can the do it thing. here and rent out the the big room that's downstairs is like a like a conference-ish room, but it's like really nice with windows and pretty and fireplace and stuff They're like that. They're gonna be really happy. Rent if you that play out and we just yeah. beer pong it in there. Yeah. I'm down. Okay, wait, everyone listening, we'll see you in Chicago. Live we'll be live streaming it. So <laughs> let's talk Marvin Jones. We were talking about the wide receiver four overall in total points from week eight on last year. Wow. We were talking about a player. I am looking at my phone that I currently have a tweet scheduled from the Red Shirts account for <laughs> April 14th. <laughs> that yes! he is an underrated value in yes! fantasy football because we talked oh. about it all last offseason that every year he is undervalued in fantasy football. And John made a joke. You know what? Best just schedule the tweet now. And I actually, actually did it. Did it. You actually <laughs> did. I'm so happy. What are we doing with Marvin Jones now that he is a little older, lands in Jacksonville, competing a little wiser with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault for targets with a rookie quarterback? What are your thoughts? Mm. It's I, interesting. Yeah. I think it's... I like it. I think it's somewhat lateral, probably. Well, not from yeah. where he was going to be with Goff, to be fair. Because yes. I think that was going to be a big downgrade. But considering where he's been, who he's been playing with in the past, Trevor Lawrence as a rookie, I honestly prefer Matthew Stafford not as a rookie. So you could say that's a bit of a downgrade. But he's also 
playing with receivers that are not as good as the receivers he's been playing behind for a large portion of his career. Not that DJ Chark's not good. He's good. But he's not Kenny Galladay. Uh, so it's I think it's somewhat lateral, but that makes him a value again, as always. So get him in your 8th, ninth, 10th, whatever round. He way later in. than that. I'll go way later than that. I guess that's where yeah. I'm drafting him. I don't even know where everyone else is drafting him because it's foolishness. I mean, didn't he have one monster game, like a three touchdown game this year? Mm, he has that check. every couple is weeks. It, it's like no, three weeks. But I'll look. go by, and it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's two and a hundred for Marvin Jones. You know Next what he week, is? Two for thirty. He's, he's the poor man's Tyler Lockett. He had 180 yards and two touchdowns in week 16. And yeah, no, that week was by 17. Far his best game. Week oh, sorry, 17. Yes, week so it didn't even count for game fantasy. Series. But for some reason, we're counting it towards his fantasy points. Well, I mean, it. that's not his fault that happened in that week. It sounds like he it's was trying fault. really hard. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have. So anytime he had any competition, I mean, if you look through through the first entire half of the season, he only got above fifty five yards once, and that was eighty yards. So. I, I'm not excited for Marvin Jones whatsoever. Maybe I'm part of the reason why he's always undervalued. But I, you, you can't choose out those couple. How are you going to be like, oh, this is the week Marvin Jones is going to blow up? Like, that's really hard to do. Marvin Jones, if we're excluding his week 17 game, he was still the wide receiver 10. For um, weeks, nine through, weeks 9 through 16. That's still crazy. higher than I would have expected. He also is one of the few to play eight games during that time. So. Uh, he literally him, had 0.5 fewer points in that span than A.J. Brown, who wasn't healthy. The thing with him is touchdowns. Like, to Michelle's point about the yards, the consistency is not necessarily going to be there. But if you're putting him in as a flex, the amount of touchdowns he scores matters. And you'll get those points when they happen. And it'll be okay for you. I don't think you yeah. want him as your wide receiver two necessarily, though. But no. you don't have to have him as your wide receiver two. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not as high like Okada. You're saying eighth, ninth round. Like I would take him as like a thirteenth round pick, but not. Yeah, and that's where I think actually he'll be going. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where yeah, I'll go. I, I think that he's basically going to be free, um, yeah. especially in redraft leagues. So yeah, I'll take that super late round flyer on him being the most veteran wide receiver for a rookie quarterback. Like yeah, I'll, I'll take mm. that. That that is a good who excels at throwing deep touchdowns. Yep, he could easily be, you know, one of the premier like deep touchdown threats on that team with a quarterback that has a very good arm. So, yeah, I think that that would work just fine for a late dart throw. And maybe he does end up being more consistent than we think. And you can pencil him in for like five or six catches and 70 yards as a floor. And you're like, oh, all of a sudden, that's a very, very safe PPR wide receiver to reflex play with upside for touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be a great value. I think he's going to be essentially free. If you're doing, like, your standard kind of 15-round redraft league, he's going to be going right there in those last couple rounds. And I think that that's someone that I'll be targeting there. Can you guys name the offensive coordinator Sorry, go ahead, Bets. An offensive coordinator for the Jaguars right now. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Daryl Bevel. Where did Ooh. he just? The Lions. It's Bevel. It was the Lions. Where did Marvin it was, Jones? It's Bevel. Bevel? The Lions. With the Lions because of the vertical passing attack, and that is what Trevor Lawrence is good at. Now, can he translate to the NFL? We have no clue. But 
that's what he excels at. And so that that sounds man, to me like it Marvin was Jones Bevel's, excels at. So it sounds to me like it was Bevel's decision. Like him basically. Probably going, he said, "Get like, this guy. Go get this dude. He's gonna fit oh, the yeah. scheme that you want to run here." So I like that. That's nice. Can I uh, put a question out there for everyone to answer? Yeah. Yes. And this would probably get us, sorry if I'm messing up the flow here, but I want to talk about two guys who I think are very, very close, who both just joined new teams. It's John Brown, who just signed with the Raiders. He's going yep. to go one of those last two rounds. He's that deep threat guy. So if you had to choose between John Brown or Marvin Jones, let's say in the 13th round, which one would you go with? Go ahead, John. Based on quarterback, I will go with Marvin Jones. That's obvious, but that's not the only question. You also have to maybe consider target share. There's probably a chance John Brown gets more targets. I don't I mean, know Nelson that Aguilar he necessarily... Was the wide receiver 34 last year. Yeah. Like, and John mm. Brown, in my opinion, is a better wide receiver. kind of interesting. So, I, I like think I lean Marvin Jones, but it's pretty yeah. close. I mean, I, I love John Brown. I loved him with Josh Allen, but I'm really concerned about the move to the Raiders. Um, because I don't Jack necessarily not throw the ball well deep. No, he does not. <laughs> and that Trevor is Lawrence. what John Brown excels at. So that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, I think he's going to have actually, some. Actually, I will qualify. Derek Carr throws a ball deep. Okay, he just never does it. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't have the analytics. It's not, it's not in the system. He's actually pretty yeah. good, but yeah, it's just he not never in the does it. This is a well. Also. I have no idea what in the actual hell is going on with the Raiders right now. Maybe they maybe no. they decided to give up are on they, this thing and something that just, doesn't work for them. Are they blowing it all up? Like, what are they doing getting rid of four Again? or five offensive linemen? I, I have no idea what the Raiders are doing right now. By the way, rest in peace, Josh Jacobs. Like, no. Oh. <laughs> no. He was bad with their good line last no. year. No. So. Do not want at all. Now, like, yeah. So I have no and, idea and what with, they're doing. Now that, yeah. Two with talking about Derek Carr is like you want that guy that's going to have time to stand in the pocket, let his receivers get downfield. I mean, hell, John's him. basically yeah. starting at center for this team. Like, I, what is happening <laughs> with what's going on? So yeah, and that matters that. a lot for the deep ball for John Brown. It could, and it couldn't have gotten much better last year with Josh Allen. So you're kind of looking at a situation where Marvin Jones has a chance to take a step forward. To me, there is only one scenario with John Brown and does take a step down from the being MVP level play of Josh Allen last year. So it's it's tricky. Would you yeah, but John like Brown guess? didn't play last year, though. I mean, he he played in very few games and was limited even in the games he was in. He was hurt. But he was still pretty in the he game. Played, like, he played at least half he... the season, didn't he? Yeah, but it was like very limited. He even like at least in the, a lot of he played maybe half the season, but in at least a few of those games that he played, he barely played or was limping, and then he kept going in and out. Like, but he, he, still he was had never pretty safe never averages. He I but despite yeah, that, I mean, John, I mean, didn't he Josh average Allen like 60, them, but... 60 yards per game or so? I like I want to oh. say that was the. I I actually I might be on the Marvin Jones side only because of the offensive line issues. I just I don't know why they got rid of the three key pieces on the offensive line just for it's, just for, no just to do it. I don't know. Uh, by the way, last two seasons Raiders pass yards rank in the NFL seven last year, nine the year before. That's is that, pretty good. Is that just to the wide receiver? Or are we talking about no, no, Waller just getting half, over a thousand yards? Yeah, Waller's certainly involved in that. But I think we think of them maybe as not that successful a passing offense, and they actually have been. Well, last year in particular, they had to be 
because Josh Jacobs was being really mediocre and they were playing from behind a lot. So which we expect to were, continue to be the case, which we do expect to be the case. Um, so that does lend itself to more of a pass happy, potentially deep shot offense. So maybe, I don't it's know. Close these guys, between these guys. This, a good question. Yeah, this is a good question. Those guys are actually, I think really close. They are. Let's talk one more wide receiver and then we'll kick it over to, uh, we talked about the big name tight ends. We'll talk Gronk at the end. We already talked Janu and um, Hunter Henry. Kate Michelle, you missed it, but we did talk about those guys. Let's talk. Let's see. Manuel Sanders. Ooh. I feel like, you know, everyone was hyped about Gabe Davis. One of our writers, Victoria, she's crushing. She's all about <laughs> the Bills. Like, she loves the Bills. She's talking about Gabe Davis season. And now we have Manuel Sanders coming in. My take on the situation in general with Sanders at 34 years old. It's a one-year deal, $6 million. Buffalo ran four wide receiver sets at one of the highest rates in the entire NFL last year. They said, Kate, Michelle, we love you, but Zach Moss is not the answer. And they basically <laughs> let Josh Allen literally throw on every single play, and it was Pretty awesome much. for fantasy. So when you look at that offense, if they replicate that in any way with four wide receiver sets, it'll be Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. It'll be Cole Beasley in the slot. Diggs and Gabe Davis on the outside. I'm not that worried about this signing, and I feel like a lot of people are in terms of Gabe Davis's value. That's kind of what I want to talk about. What are you guys' thoughts on Davis, on Sanders, the Bills' offense in general? I'll say I don't. I, I still think Gabe Davis will be on the field, and I still think he'll get his targets. A lot like we were talking about. I, I guess I was on our podcast earlier. Is that Jamal Williams doesn't scare us so much for DeAndre Swift? It just kind of limits that upside where he can just completely break out. And I think that's the same thing with Gray Bill Davis. I don't know how many targets he's going to consistently see, even if he's on the field, if there's four wide receivers on the field at all times, like Josh Allen is going to pick and choose. Cole Beasley gets his targets. Stefan Diggs is going to be hyper targeted. And then if Sanders and Gabriel Davis are splitting those wide receiver three targets, I don't really love that. But I will say like Manny Sanders, I just, pulled up his stats from last season to refresh my brain. I don't remember him having 61 receptions for 726 yards and five mm. touchdowns. That's mm -hmm. very, that's sneaky annoying. He's low-key good. That's, A lot of that is, Michael Thomas just missing the entire season though. Right. But I, I think like, let's, let's say that, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to see 82 targets, but I don't think you're going to drop from 82 targets down to an infinitesimal amount Ooh, of targets. That's a new word. That, that was, was a tough one. I feel um, like she just made it up. I've never heard of no. it. I'm just saying, I think it, oh, he, he still had some chops in the red zone. I think that was where he was like more impressive last season, making plays there. And I think it, he could be an annoying threat for touchdowns. I think I think he could be a bigger thorn in the side. I don't think it really matters for Stephon Diggs. I still think Cole Beasley is going to get his, but I think outside of Diggs, it does lower the ceiling for everybody else. Yeah. And Davis had seven touchdowns last year, so he's going to need a lot more targets, a lot more yards, and to get more than seven touchdowns to even, I don't know, do much more than he did last year. I think that's a hard hill to climb with Sanders no there. And especially since they're going to draft a running back in the first round, like totally. Uh, it, well, I'm I'm just so, so confused by the circular reasoning here because yeah. we're all we're all set on the fact that the Bills are a pass-heavy offense, 
But everybody's also saying they're going to look to establish the run with their new first round or second round running back. People are saying that? Yes. I'm yeah, saying- people are mocking running backs of them in the first. I don't yes. want no. Najee Harris to go there because I don't want him to die. Who's mocking just that? die there. Oh, my God. I've seen so many mocks where the Bills are getting a running back. and I think they're smart like, enough not to do it, personally. But I don't think they will. There's I don't no think they, they didn't want to run less. You didn't even try to run last season. I don't, like, I just don't. I don't think it. I think it's a dumb narrative. But I'm just saying the general public can't have it both ways. You can't say that there's going to be so much passing volume but that they're also going to invest in their run game and try to establish that more. Let's pick one. I, I don't they're think they are. To. I think I think the passing volume is going to be there. They have but the same OC. Josh Allen is still going to be elite. Stephon Diggs is going to be elite. It's going to be the same offense. They're just going to pass 9,000 times me again. bringing up Zach Moss. What is Gabe oh, Davis's yeah. ceiling now? Wide receiver like 30, 25? I was going to say 30. Yeah, 35? 30 sounds right. 30 I sounds right. I think 30 sounds good. That's not great. Not great, Bob. No. I want but upside. That's the issue. Him. Everyone wants like everyone wants this top 24 guy. And if we're talking that's dynasty, true. if we're talking redraft, it's a completely different conversation. If we're talking but, dynasty. Emmanuel Sanders is there on a one-year veteran veteran deal. If this creates true. any buying opportunity, you gotta pounce. Yeah. Now's mm. the time. Yeah. So, I think it's Cole Beasley. I, how many yeah. more years does he have left on his contract as well? So I maybe it doesn't one. happen this year. And let's say any of these guys get hurt and Gabe Davis, like he's almost like a handcuff at the wide receiver position. I think he's a great guy. I think he's very talented. I just don't know if he's going to be consistent. Two more? Two years for Beasley. Yep. Uh, yep. He still has two more years? Mm-hmm. All right. I thought you were saying like, how many years does he have left? Like, no, I meant like alive. Contract. I was like, I don't, that's morbid. He's old, <laughs> but he's not that old. Like I... I, I think there's plenty, than me. plenty of opportunity there, and not everybody is healthy. Michelle, like you said, if if somebody gets injured, I think Gabe Davis is going to have a really big opportunity. So maybe he is one of those those low key handcuffs, sort of like when everybody was like super pumped on Lev Bell returning, and then there were a few people that just quietly bought all of these James Conner shares because they're like, you know what that. He's the perfect insurance policy. And then guess what? You had an RB1 that season. Do the same yep. thing with Gabe Davis. Cosign. Let's talk about Gronk to close out the show. Ooh. 31 years old. Should have been the Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. He got better as the year went on. Like, I don't know if it was the year off from football that sort of yeah. took away from getting back into it. No you know, offseason with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But he's back with the Bucks on a one-year deal, $8 million. He just goes where Tom goes. So you know if Tom was back, Gronk was going to be back for one more go-around. Um, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about. I think it's the same as what we saw last year. Chris Goblin's back on the franchise tag. Mike Evans is there. Tyler Johnson could be the wide receiver three unless they bring back AB. We'll see about please that. Don't. But Please don't do that. Gronk is a back in tight end one. They've been in talks. I think they're going to bring back AB. Oh, please don't. (laughs) Thoughts on Gronk? I don't know why you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you bring back Antonio Brown if you're the Bucks? I think he was a really solid signing. I like just from a pure football perspective. Did he make any noise when he came back? Nope. He shut his freaking mouth and he played football. And I think he played pretty well. Just me. I'm not speaking politically. I'm not speaking. Regarding his personal situation, I'm saying from the Bucks standpoint, 
from the way that they approached the situation, they have no reason not to bring him back. We have not heard anything. It's so hard with Antonio Brown for me because I've never loved a wide receiver more in my entire life than I loved Antonio Brown on the Steelers before he went crazy. So mm. for me, it's just like this really hard feeling where I'm like, I don't know what to think about you. And I didn't like seeing him catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It kind of hurt me. But. It hurt. But you know what? I think he, I mean, the role he played in the Super Bowl, I feel like he played just this really underrated role throughout the entire season for the Bucks. Like yeah. as soon as he stepped in, he seemed to be comfortable. Uh, Tom Brady seemed to be comfortable with him. It just seemed like he was very content and he's, still one of the best wide receivers. If you were giving him a, uh, let's say Chris Godwin was leaving town and they did re-sign Antonio Brown. If he had volume, would he not still be a wide receiver one? Like throwing away all the BS that happened. Yes, if the, he had volume, but he probably wouldn't get it. No, but I, well, what I'm Godwin, saying is like uh, the talent is still there. The talent yes, is still there. The talent me. is still there. So he's underrated. I, that's all I'm saying. Well, that was fun turning that Gronk signing into an Antonio Brown discussion. <laughs> um, well, but the reality is, uh, you can go ahead with Kyle if you want, but like it, what happened last year is like what I project to happen this year for Gronk. Basically, the same type of situation where he's the third ish option. He'll have some red zone targets. You don't know when he's going to catch a touchdown. He's going to be a frustrating back end tight end one. And that's kind of it, in my opinion. Yeah, he's in the poo poo tier. Yeah. It's the tight ends that are all the same that go to like tight end 16. That include, by the way, because I, I don't think we can wrap up the show, but there's a couple other guys that we need to mention really quick, in my humble yeah, opinion. Also, this is the 200th episode. I think we can go a little bit longer than an hour. Uh, yeah, hello. Well, hey, you, uh, you were the one who had plans after this, dude. It wasn't me. Well, th we have seven Mr. more Irish minutes until Paul. the ideal leaving time, but like 22 more minutes until I absolutely have to leave. All right, cool. All right, good. Let's go. <laughs> Gerald Everett, by the way. Oh, let's talk about Gerald. For huh? the Seahawks. Hmm, let's talk about assuming that. they keep Russell Wilson, that's kind of interesting. Am I wrong? I like He's it. very talented. Yeah, it's going to be really great having a tight end that doesn't know how to block with an offensive <laughs> line that's going to get Russell hey, Wilson sacked in one and well, a half it's seconds. Not great for Russ, it's going to be great. great for Gerald Everett. We don't care if he blocks. <laughs> I think no. that's great for him personally. I think that puts him in that same tier, which I just sass wrong for being in. It's not that great to be in, but it's better than him being where he's been. I think he's clearly like there were all these questions in LA who's the tight end one he's clearly the tight end one in Seattle and I think that's a good place oh, to be yeah. like, you don't believe in Will Disley I Big do Montana but he's he gets yeah, like he only gets three games per year pretty yeah. much yep. for his health contract with yep with the lord above he's like <laughs> three games you're out man like you you've done your time he he only gets a couple of games per season and I think Gerald Everett I, I think he's a good enough tight end. I think he's uh, good enough at a little bit of everything that I feel pretty comfortable saying he's going to be the tight end one. And I think maybe that will be a little underrated for fantasy because Will Disley, when he's been on the field, has been productive. He's been among the league's top tight ends in terms of like yards per route run. Doesn't run many because I told you about the three game maximum. But <laughs> But I'm just saying, he's actually been pretty decent. A lot of times, though, when we're looking for that sleeper tight end, we're looking for a guy that can like just be a target monster, and he's the focal point of the offense, or like at least has that chance, and he's on a team that throws a lot, maybe. He has to have one of those two. Either he gets all the targets, or he's Ooh. on a team that throws a lot. And yep. either one the of those interesting, interesting point that I had not thought about until right now. 
Who's the Seahawks' new offensive coordinator? Mm. Last year's passing game coordinator from the Rams. Oh, yes. Uh, The other way, the one other way, Michelle, is to score nine touchdowns. And I think Gerald Everett has a decent chance of doing that in Seattle with Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson's throwing the ball. But that's also hard hard to predict and hard to start. Uh, Okay. We're causing John stress. Yeah. Well, time out, time out, time out, time out. Before you move on, Okada. Let's talk about the fallout with Tyler Higby. Oh, that's a fair point. My lord, I I could not have been more out on Tyler Higby last year. The hype, the insane five-game sample size and the season, that was never going to be repeatable. And everyone was like, Tyler Higby is just on the cusp of that elite tight end tier. And his ADP was stupid. It was easy to fade him. It cannot be more easy to be on board this year with my boy, Matty Snapback coming to town, mm. Matthew Stafford. Gerald Everett out of the way. The system is going to open up immensely. They were protecting Jared Goff, essentially. Literally coddling him along the way, like, here's yeah. the play, Jared. Throw it to this player <laughs> at the snap count. Go. Matthew Stafford's going to open it up. I'm so in on Tyler Higby this year. I think he's going to be an absolute massive fantasy star for our rosters. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, so I, I mean, I was so in. we were both all in last year. So if we can get him this year, uh, uh, he's going to be going one of the last rounds. Like, I don't think anyone will fall for that again because they got hurt last year. And once you get hurt once, people are out. Like it, yes, it happens. People are out. Uh, so I, I the sleeper ADP right now on Tyler Higby, which obviously is going to change with the Joe Leverett news. But right now, his sleeper ADP is two hundred seven point six. Oof. Yeah. And what does that equate to tight end what? Well, let's see. There's two already off the board. One, two, it's gotta three, be four, five, 18 six, seven, eight, plus. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Riveting 18, content right now, Joe. Nineteen, Okada. Eighteen <laughs> plus is a great call. Great call. Time I think like oh, that's that's really nice. I think the issue, like we did see Tyler Higby blocking so much last season. We saw some of his chops occasionally. Um, we saw him make some nice grabs, and he was a, a did nice he have possession three touchdowns guy. like week one or something? And it was really exciting. I think it was like week three, and I was like, "Here's the breakout." Yeah, it week wasn't two, the case. Um, against the Eagles. So yeah, oh uh, yeah. Uh, I I think Tyler Higby is so underrated, and I think that. It, this is like one of the narratives that I'm really surprised that people aren't talking about. Like mm. there are two tight ends that I don't feel like anybody's discussing the narratives regarding a potential huge boost in volume. One of those is Tyler Higby. The other is Austin Hooper. We're all like a hundred percent in that OBJ is out of town. Why aren't we talking about Austin Hooper? Mm. Cause he's well, kind of in the same boat for me. Yeah, I know I we're not talking weird. about that, but we've seen him do it too. So well, actually, along the same lines, we we can transition to the Browns if you guys want to, because they did just sign right as we were recording uh, Hollywood Higgins to a one-year deal. It's just over two million dollars, fully guaranteed. Hollywood Higgins, the better Richard Higgins. Yes, yeah. he goes by Hollywood. I guess you didn't know that the original Hollywood Kate. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. deserves oh. it way more than Hollywood Brown. Let's be honest. Yeah, he. That's a great I mean, signing he, by the Browns. Yeah, cheap, friendly. He's a good wide receiver, in my opinion. Like. If OBJ is out of town, he's going to start. And we saw him excel last year with Baker Mayfield in the play-action passing game. So definitely interested in that. Um, 
but obviously that all depends on OBJ is recovery from his ACL. If he's on the team, we don't we don't don't really know. So wanted to point that out as we we're talking about the Browns. But Okada, did you have any other names that you wanted to? Bring yes, up? I have two more. One is Jamal Williams. Obviously, not so much about him, but it is about DeAndre Swift. Michelle mentioned earlier, it basically maybe just caps his upside. Do we agree that is the case? Because he has sucked value away from Aaron Jones in several games over the last couple years. Does it take DeAndre Swift from a top five upside guy to a top, I don't know, 15 upside guy? No. See, I just—I don't think it's that. This low. is the thing. So I always had DeAndre Swift around, but I, I haven't done my rankings for sure yet. But if we're talking about just 2021, I would have him around running back 10 to 12, 13 area. Like I would have him around there. I think if we went through this off season and his backup was Carryon Johnson, maybe some little tiny Carlos Hyde type guy. Yeah, well, even like a Lamar Miller or something like that. Sure. Like someone that you know is not going to get on the field and steal 100 carries or all those snaps with pass blocking and is a great catcher himself. I would have moved DeAndre Swift up to like running back five because he would have been in a prime spot. He has the talent. He has the pass catching ability. But now I'm just going to keep him where he was or if I'm deciding between two people right around that running back 10 spot, I might go with the other person. This might be my deciding factor. I'm not saying you should move him down a lot, but Jamal Williams is going to get 100 carries. He always does. I think he will here. And, and 25 catches? It probably, yeah. I mean, he's a really good pass catcher. He's, he's a, a really, really good, good pass blocker. It's going to come down to does Jared Goff target his running backs, which the coaches there say, yes, they will. Um, and then who's on the field? during those situations because the defense is going to be terrible, we would expect, and they're going to be down. And how many scoring opportunities will there be? And if Jamal Williams even takes a couple of those away, like, oh, I don't know. I don't love it. I think the comparison to what they could have signed is the most important thing because I don't think there's a question that they sh they should have and we're going to sign someone. Yeah. But, it, but if it was a Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram depth piece – that's that's different, in my opinion, than Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is a dynamic running back. Dude, who he, got two, who he got seven and a half million over two years. It's not it like doesn't matter. That's a great job by the back. Lions for getting a good deal, but he's still very effective. You just as a stole player. the best. Nobody. You have to remember, nobody's getting paid this offseason. They're not going to pay a backup running back anything. Wide receivers aren't getting paid this year. Like it's a totally different offseason. I wouldn't focus on the contract whatsoever. It's like, JD McKissick is making what? Like, what was he making last Five, year? A million dollars? No, oh, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1.7. JD because he was making, yeah. And he stole a ton of snaps and targets. So I wouldn't look at the money whatsoever. Um, And we tell these teams to stop paying running backs, and then they do it, and we say it means nothing. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. <laughs> Sometimes that might just mean they did a good job. But in any case, Jamal Williams, he took fantasy value from a very, very good top five caliber running back for fantasy like stupid offensive coordinator to me i mean it worked jamal williams was successful he yeah, did good stuff for the packers he could continue to do it for the lions i do think it caps swift's upside i think it maybe even does more than caps his upside i think it does knock him down a little bit not like yeah. 10 spots but maybe three spots maybe four spots I think Jamal Williams is pretty underrated. He's young and talented and explosive. He's not a Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller depth piece, in my opinion. 
And we keep bringing up who's the OCs. Well, who's the OC with Detroit? Anthony Lynn, who likes two running backs. Now, these running backs have been good in the system. They get targeted, but always two running backs. Even last year without Melvin Gordon, it was Kalen Balaj and Austin Eckler. He would you. never just give it to all of Austin Eckler. If all is better than Kalen Balaj, I can assure you of that. <laughs> yeah. So he's not going to give all the work to, like, he's not going to just be like, oh, you know what? You're only making $3 million this year. Go sit on the bench. Like, that's not going to be his thought process. He's well, going well. to play. But he, I don't he, think that anyone expected DeAndre Swift to get 90, 92% of the carries and touches out of the running back position. But if he got team. Lamar Miller, not, he would have gotten more, is the only yeah. point. Yeah. And so instead of getting 65, 70, now maybe he's at 55, 60. I don't see a 55, 60. I think it's closer to 70, 30. He was at 35 last year. What was Aaron Jones at last year? I'll find out. All I find out. Yeah, I'll, while we, I find out, I'll bring up the last important uh, guy in my personal humble opinion bet because of this. Yeah. AJ Green. Now, yeah. I, I will I will preface with this. AJ Green was arguably the worst wide receiver in the entire Ooh. NFL last year. He was so awful. Whoa. He sucked away targets and was garbage. Whoa. Is this Whoa. a trick on you? Or is this Hold for real? Oh, wait. Uh, it's your birthday. No. I think it's a trick. I bet that. It took me just about a second. I'm looking at TweetDeck. I think he got us. I don't think that happened. It's false. I think it's Josh. Listen, if they got a great pick out of that, I wouldn't even be pissed. So, Which they would have if they... Wait. No. We're going to be trying that. I'm going to finish this research. While you while you talk about AJ Green, what does it mean for Kyler Murray? What does it mean for Larry Fitzgerald potentially? What does it mean for DeAndre Hopkins, if anything? I think I think it's worth talking about. Listen, AJ Green's last year, his catchable targets were one of the lowest in the entire league. Yep. So the reality is we still don't know what AJ Green has left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumes he's done. Some people are excited about the signing. The reality is we don't know, but I'm going to look at a player that hasn't produced in a couple of seasons who's dealt with some major injuries over the last two, three years. That's competing with targets with DeAndre freaking Hopkins. Like, if anyone's interested in AJ Green at this point, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not saying he can't produce. I'm just willing to be wrong for a rushing quarterback who is going to dominate on the ground as he has done for the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I'm not that excited about it. I think it's good for the offense in general. They really lacked a, a solid perimeter wide receiver across from DeAndre Hopkins, but as far as fantasy... No thanks. I, I, I like it one for way. Kyler. Oh yeah, I like it for Kyler. And I think there's sure. one way yeah. for AJ Green to succeed in fantasy, and it would be if he got double digit touchdowns. And I'm not going to bet on that. Right now, no. yeah, I, I'm no, not going to bet on it either. He does have the talent potentially to do it, but I wouldn't bet on it at all. He is, by the way, 32 years old and will be 33 before the season. If they so. do, if somehow in some way they bring back Larry Fitzgerald, if that does happen on this team. What Larry a legendary Fitz, wide receiver core. I know, but also Larry Fitz, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins to start the year, their combined age is exactly 100. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why do you that know that? Yeah, why? Because I you researched know? it today for an article. Okay, speaking it. of research, you want to hear amazing. some numbers you're not going to like, John? Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams played the same amount of games last year. Aaron Jones yep. had 45% of the rushing attempts. 
Mm-hmm. He's just insanely, insanely efficient. He also battled. He is. Five weeks. So that but I'm saying they played the same number of games. And right. 45%. So that leaves a big gap there. Of, I'm saying 55-60. Yeah. So here's I, here's the thing. I'm not trying to. I, and that was I a better, think, a much better offense. Yes, I yeah. think that looking at the DeAndre Swift situation, I think that we're kind of all saying the same thing. Like if he's going to be around eight, if he's going to be around eight nine range in terms of running back ranking for this year, that's probably right around where I have him too. I just don't think that. Well, that this, might have been where he was gonna be. Yeah, I'll have. You think he's lower than that now? I'll yes. I'll put him at like thirteen to fifteen for I have twenty him. for. For 2021, I'm not saying in Dynasty. I'm talking straight redraft. I agree. This is I a Jared Goff-led organization that we haven't seen succeed at running the ball in a million years. I know they've dedicated themselves to Who doing it. Who is also going to be without both of their top two wide receivers from last That doesn't make season. it any better for the running back. This offense when, is going to suck. No, no. When there are vacated targets, statistically, they go to the running back position. Yes, that which is, means Jamal Williams might have 35 catches instead of 25 catches. Cool, that's great. And maybe DeAndre Swift has 60. Like, I honestly think that this is someone that is going to be the focal point of this offense is going to be DeAndre Swift. The focal sign of a bad offense. John, if they don't have wide receivers and they can't move the ball, and so they're going three and out, three and out, three and out, like – I mean, what what is the – how many Josh Jacobs snaps the are there going to be the available? Yeah. Uh, okay. Josh Jacobs also Here's... didn't catch any passes because John Gruden's an effing idiot. So uh, this is a Detroit's very different situation. That's not smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't, not, I don't think hey, it's good for Nope. Detroit <laughs> doesn't not, bring in a guy like Jamal Williams. Like, Jamal Williams, I think, is probably – like, you can call him, I think, in my mind, the best backup back running back yeah. in the league. Like, so Very solid. Possible. I think he's the perfect complimentary guy for your offense. And I think, I don't think you bring in a guy of that caliber if you don't plan to use him. He's a, he's great in pass protection and even crazier. So I just looked this stat up for our pod, which is dropping tomorrow out of running backs who had at least 25 targets in the 2020 season. Do you know who is the most Highly graded pass blocker. Clearly, it's going to be Jamal Williams. Yeah, no, Williams. It's no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, never mind. I literally shared this stat on our podcast. <laughs> like, I, I know, I know, you're going to say no. I know you're going to say no. It was Carry On Johnson. Wow. Yes, and okay, you know who on. ranked eighth in pass protection? It was now Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. Now, okay. There yes. We go. So no, but I'm just saying now you have like you have. Two of the best pass blocking running backs. Uh, not to say that we had a huge sample size for Carrion Johnson either, but I'm just saying that it's kind of like it chipping away. Like it it chips away at that tippy top upside. And I mean, are we am I crazy? Because I thought a lot of people were considering, and this wasn't necessarily my opinion. I feel like I was seeing a lot of chatter about DeAndre Swift potentially being a top six running back in 2021 like yep you were that's not that was not it's not any in uh, no nope nope and that's that's that, that's really no. what we're talking about is like yeah we're not He's saying not. he can't be good yeah i believe can he be the running back 13 yeah. in fantasy yeah he yeah. probably Which will be very good but he is going to be overdrafted and jamal williams is going to be underdrafted relative to where he is going to perform mm. i want deandre swift on my team i really do but I'm not taking him in the first round, which by August, the hype, he might be there. It was it's, This is Miles Sanders 2.0 from last year. 
My, that's what I was just going to say. It's it's Miles yeah. Sanders all over again, where we're taking him in the first, second round. And he it. also didn't have wide receivers there. They also could have used him. And they just, they there's just some teams that. I just can't invest in a head coach that wants to bite the other team's kneecaps. I just can't. <laughs> that's the. That's John the has had. Yeah, I was going to say, John Gruden's dumb. <laughs> I might take John Gruden over Dan Campbell. Oh, Lord. Well, that, that seems like a great place to close out the show, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Always with episode me. 200 a heated debate which we were excited about and celebrating st patrick's day celebrating okada okada's birthday 30 years young this guy he used to have a mustache now he's shaved I don't even know who he is he's dressed professionally on this show Baby normally face. he's got his little snapback on his tank top his yoga pants but here he comes in his little v-neck and all this stuff so okada um they're getting old man they're getting really old yeah i know <laughs> are you the oldest <laughs> of the group you're the no john you're is the, older john is you already turned 30 uh, yeah. Yep, I'll be 31. He's got lots of grays in his beard. I got so many grays in the beard. Good lord. My hair a lot is of those very grays. black and luscious. A lot of those grays came from arguing with Okada, honestly. <laughs> yes, true. Yes, I saw these like are... six of them sprout up as soon as we started talking about DeAndre Swift. So these are like they're well earned. They uh they're battle badges from oh, many, yeah. many debates on this show. Well, uh, team, that anytime, was anytime anytime that I get the opportunity to debate with Michelle, I gain about five more. Uh, so oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, me too. That was a ton of fun. We're going to close out episode 200 there. If you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please subscribe. we got a lot of things coming from Ball Blast Football on the YouTube page. Check out the website. Holy crap, ballblastfootball.com. Literally, it's like four articles a day. We can't even keep up with all the content on there. It is awesome. Our writers are crushing, so check it out. And if you want to support the show and get extra content, check out patreon.com slash ballblast for John, for the birthday boy, for Kate and Michelle. Until next time, we are the Happy Chance. birthday! Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.